Hey guys, welcome to Gaming with Dad Bods. I'm Connor here with my best bud Tank. This is our first episode of Gaming with Dad Bods. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. That's where we're going to start. How's it going, Tank? It's going well, Connor. Good, good. Um, so a little bit of background uh, with us. Tank and I have been gaming together for years. When I say years, that's literally just what three years three years yeah yeah so i i know for me i really had taken kind of a hiatus from gaming yeah from like 2015 to basically covid i didn't play video games and my son got me started playing a game probably many people would know called valorant and he since hated it and quit and uh i feel his pain yeah, so it, it kind of led me back into gaming, and because we were locked in and couldn't go anywhere, I continued gaming, and uh, I got introduced to a little game called Escape from Tarkov. Dun, 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 which is where we met. It is. In, in well, that lovely wow. Discord server. Yeah. In that lovely Discord server. We, um, we joined separately right we didn't know each other we never messaged each other or anything like that we joined separately on a discord server that was specifically for dads playing escape from tarkov that was the whole thing behind it so i i think connor and you could you could probably tell me your thoughts right i joined that server because escape from Tar tarkov is a very difficult game and i wanted other adults to play it with who had introduced me to it was kind of a kid. I didn't really want to play with them. I wanted to play with other adults. And uh, my, my son had recommended that I go search and see if I could find something for more adult players. And I thought, well, what better than Escape from Tarkov dads? Yeah, I can't play with teenagers. I cannot play with teenagers. Um. Yeah, for those of you who are listening that don't know what Escape from Tarkov is, it's an extraction shooter game, first-person shooter game, uh, very hardcore, very realistic, <clears throat> and the game is pain. Um, so if you're a masochist who likes first-person shooter games, that's the game for you. Um, yeah, I, I, there's no other way to explain that game, really. No, I think the, the game is... Pain, which I, I think we're going to talk about a little bit more later, but you know, really, it it kind of summarizes the kind of games that we like to play. Yeah, I think to have a game where I have a very good time, I have to have the potential to be completely miserable. <laughs> I really think that 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 is where I'm at, and that probably says a lot about me. But uh, if if I if it's just constantly fun, I don't want to play it. Constantly, I don't even know what constantly fun means. I haven't played a game where I've like constantly had fun in such a long time. I think it was Nintendo Mario, but even that game could have pain. Well, I mean, so you and I also occasionally outside of FPS play like uh puzzle, puzzle games, games, right? So, like, we were here. Uh, we were here forever, you know, that those kind of games, right? And even those sometimes are miserable <laughs> because we're stuck like, on this stupid puzzle for like 30 minutes outside of fps our genre we can't just go find like a nice fun game we have to play something that's painful you want to know what it is you don't know why i think it's because we're old we're out we're out of it man we are out of our gaming prime because cause when, when I was 14, 15, 16, that's when like Destiny and Call of Duty were in their prime and I was gaming every night on the weekends and staying up till like 2 a.m. grinding and having fun and not really feeling this pain that Tarkov gives me, you know? Uh, so I guess it's, it's that like reminiscing back. It makes me think, like, I did have fun when I was a kid gaming. I, I could play games that were just kind of fun. But, but really, if you think about it, do you really think, like, for me, it was more Mario, uh, Donkey Kong, uh, you know, Crash Bandicoot, <laughs> uh, GoldenEye. Like, those games still, because they could be very difficult and you have, like, a life-based instance, could be miserable. 
Yeah. Yeah. So so maybe it's a, a broader topic. Maybe gaming is just half miserable. You might be right. You might be right. But you and I embrace a particular genre, in which case we actually like the games that are meant to be miserable. See, but I, th- I, I think I take it to a whole different level than you do, because I play Tarkov, right? You play Tarkov, but you don't play Daisy. You hate that game. I hate Daisy. You hate that game. I could play that game all day. Because I don't. So I, for you, why, why, what makes Daisy such a great game for you? I like the starting with the zero to hero. I think is 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 my appeal to it because you start with nothing. At least on the servers that I play with, because obviously you can get modded servers and stuff like that. Um, right. <clears throat> but I like starting with nothing, getting all geared up, chatted up to the freaking teeth, and then. Dying to a, a hacker. I love it. I love that shit. Yeah, exactly. Setting somewhere for God knows how long. Just waiting for you to come along. So see, I'm the opposite, right? Because I don't want the pain of having to find everything to just die again. I don't mind a good Zero to Hero story. And in fact, I think later we're also going to talk about a game that I think ha- is current and has one of the greatest Zero to Hero like set up well time but like for for tarkov if we're having fun you and i are having fun goofing off which is not something that can be done easily in tarkov (laughs) but if we are we probably are on a pistol run where we've challenged ourselves to get as many kills as we can or something goofy in that regard yeah so I guess I, I get it a little bit, but I want to have the potential to at least start out with a gun and ammo and actually be able to kill somebody. Have a chance. Yeah. 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 I want to have a chance. That's that's it. Well, maybe that that's that's our differences then. You're okay with just being miserable the whole time. I only want to be miserable part of it. Apparently, I'm not miserable it. enough in my own life. <laughs> I've got to I've got to bring it over into into video games. Yeah, but I mean, the, the opposite side is true, right? So for anyone who plays Tarkov, you know you can go through the biggest droughts ever where you just die raid after raid after raid, and you are freaking miserable. But then something happens, and you just, for like a few days, are a god, and you kill everything. <laughs> you don't die to any hackers or cheaters. or You've you know, got guns. Else. You've got armor. You've got money. For yeah. three days, you've been just killing everything. And then for the next week and a half, you die to buckshot scavs. You die to Rashala and his guards. You die but to let's hackers. Let's be real, Connor. If, if you don't have the lows that you have in Tarkov, do the highs feel as good as they do? Do you want my real answer? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they do. See, they... I, I disagree. I think it makes you appreciate the, the, the wins more. That's what it is. That's the, the trade-off, right? You're, is it fun being miserable in the losses? No. But when you win, that win feels considerably better because it could have been bad. It could have been miserable, and it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I guess you're right, because I, I watch a few Tarkov streamers, right? And um, there's one guy in particular that I'm not going to name. Um, who will kill basically the whole lobby? He'll he'll kill the whole lobby and then just disconnect. You know who I'm talking about? I don't. Uh, okay. I can imagine it's one of a few people that I've probably. He's seen. not a huge streamer. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Okay, you can tell me later exactly who you're talking about. But okay. uh, I think that that's my point, right? Because he's so good, that's what he's able to do. He doesn't care. He'll just disconnect. If you or I or any normal person playing the game wins and has a big win, you're never going to just disconnect from that. No. Because you want it, like the, the whole... You want the adrenaline, the dopamine. The of, of winning. You want to keep that feeling. Yeah. So, you know, we've talked about this before. Uh, 
Connor and I played another game called Dead Side, which is very similar to like DayZ. Connor hates it because I don't know, it's too easy for it's him. Not, or something. It's, <laughs> <laughs> I did make that comment, but it's not similar to DayZ. It's it I don't, is similar. I don't know so what it is. It doesn't like Daisy. It is similar to Daisy. It's easier to get guns. It feels more yeah, like, uh, like if PUBG and Daisy had a uh, had a had a baby yeah, could, that didn't turn that. out right. You know what I mean? You know, that's the so, PC that's, way to say it. That's funny, but I think that. We had a decent time playing that game, and we thought we didn't really agree with maybe some of the server rules on some of the servers we were playing on, and we decided that we would try our own server, right? <laughs> we <laughs> I buy the server, we go on the server, and because it's just our friend group, we're able to do whatever we want. And so no, no outside people were in it, so we were dropping each other kits and and doing like 2v2 and just shitting on each other <laughs> and and we were dropping the best gear ever right so it's so in my mind it's the same kind of thing that, that like what a hacker would do that can't die in game and after a couple of days it became boring and then we tried to go back and play just the base game the regular way and it was no fun it's yeah. like well we've had the best stuff now we don't this isn't fun anymore so we we have access to adult money tank. And the problem with that is <clears throat> we do stuff like that that takes the fun out of things. Um Yeah. But I mean we didn't know that it would take the fun out of things. If you would have told me that that would ruin that game for us, I wouldn't not I wouldn't have thought that was the case, right? I would have thought, "Oh, we'll have fun for a day or two, then we can go back, play the regular game, and we'll be fine." Yeah. But that's not what happened. No. So, I I it is interesting. I mean, I think this kind of leads us straight into the current state of Tarkov, right? Yeah. Where, where is Tarkov? Tarkov is in the worst state in three years that we have ever seen it. Okay. I'm going to piece that out. Okay. I think <clears throat> weapon balancing is in a good place. I think the weapons are balanced. Recoil... Uh, damage to armor and body, like penetration damage that the bullets do. I think the ballistics and the weapon balancing is good. That's what I think. I would agree with that. Loot and what's behind locked doors? Terrible. Well, it's terrible, but why? It's terrible because, because of because of the cheaters. To, in, in Tarkov's attempt to stop cheaters from RMTing, they nerfed the loot. Yeah. So, which I kind of understand because the cheaters could just go to the high loot areas, kill everybody, take all the good loot, and be gone. But then it means the rest of the player base suffers because they're trying to make it, changes to address RMT. And so I guess for me, also saying that it's in the worst state ever, Connor, and I think you would agree. Overall, like you, you mean? said with the with ballistics, like overall. There are some things right now that are very good with the game. I think early wipe right now, minus the cheaters, is very good. Next wipe could be very good because the guns feel way more balanced. The recoil's way better. The ballistics is better. They moved a lot of the high-tier ammo to higher trader levels. And they did a lot to make the early gameplay much better. Yeah. You can't buy most armors on and the And balancing the, the quests. I think balancing yeah. some of the quests that they did was was a great, great choice. Um, yes, but, but my question to you would be, do you think that they changed it because the community is outraged about the cheater pandemic? So they're doing something to try and appease the player base, even though or because they can't really do enough about the cheater problem. That's what it feels like to me. Well, here's the thing is... I mean, Battlestate Games has been banning cheaters, right? More so lately than in the past. So <clears throat> I think that, I don't know, I think they need a better Andy cheat, in my opinion. Or they need a, a QA team at Battlestate, which uh, I think Clean has recommended to them that he would actually spearhead that. 
I think I saw a tweet from Clean. I'll have to find it and show it to you. But <clears throat> he's like, I, I would be a part, or I, I think he worked for Battlestate at one time. But he said, I would, I would absolutely help with the cheater situation by looking at footage for you. Like if they had a QA team to look at, to look at footage or like inquiries from players about cheaters. Yes, there's a, probably a ton of people that are just, that are just, you know, reporting people for no reason. I don't know who would do that. Oh, I don't know who would ever I, do that. I've never done that in my life, so <clears throat> you know, I don't, I don't know where that would, why that would happen. But you know, I, I just think, I think if they actually had a dedicated team to look at reports from players about cheaters or just take a look at their own game like like the flea market for example if someone has a 50 rating on the flea market which if you've never played tarkov before this will mean nothing to you but there's a there's an open market that you can sell and buy and you used to be able to trade things but you can't anymore you, you can sell and buy stuff that you find in raid um to other players and it's pretty it's it would take probably what would you say 2000 hours to get to a 50 rating or you so the you get a higher rating on the value of things you're selling mm. so the higher your rating the higher likelihood you are a cheater because you've probably found multiple items that are of exceedingly rare value if you're selling 50 lead x's which if you don't know what tarkov is that won't mean anything to you but it's very a, high it's a real medical device but it's a very high-valued item in the game. If you have 50 of them, I would venture a pretty good guess to say that you're a cheater. Yeah, it's a pretty, it's a pretty good guess. And I would think it would be pretty easy for someone at Battlestate to review an account of someone who has 50 of them up for sale. Just even looking like how many raids they've done, you know? Right. If they've done 25 raids and they are 50. selling 50 Ledexes, it's a pretty good chance you're cheating. So... <laughs> You know, <sighs> well, I mean, so for just to sum up the game, right? For someone who might not have ever played it, might not have ever seen it, what I would say is at times it has felt like the greatest game I've ever played. At other times, it's felt like the worst game I've ever played, the most cheater infested game I've ever played. And it does have a lot of cheaters, but with as much things as we could say bad about the game, it probably could be the greatest game of all time if they could get a grip on the cheater pandemic, maybe changing whatever they need to do to detect cheaters better. Sound, because every wipe, they make a sound change. Ugh. And then it, it is just disastrous. It just doesn't work. They'll, they'll take parts of, of maps that used to work under old audio, and now they won't work in other places well. So if they could fix cheaters' sound, and I don't know what else. I mean, really. If you well, I mean, if you fix cheaters, if you fix cheaters, well, yeah, but ping abusers are going to have desync anyway. I think desync well, is just, <clears throat> I think desync is just a product of playing an online game. To an extent, right? So there's other games that have much better servers. You know, like if you, people that talk about CSGO, they talk about like 128 tick rate servers. Versus Tarkov, sometimes maybe one tick rate server, right? It's it's kind of at a, it's at a level that probably is not at par with with other companies. And I think part of that is, you know, Valve is a massive development company, and they have the money to to have good servers. And and maybe Tarkov doesn't. I d I don't know. But uh, yeah. Battlestate is a much smaller company. Well, but its current state is is not great, and I think the community has been pretty outraged, and and I'm not sure some days why we continue to play the game in its state. Well, what else do we play? Because we love it. Well, it goes back to the fact that we love pain. That's true. I so think I will. I right I think as long as Tarkov stays a semi playable game, I will always go back to it. That's just it, because there's no other game like it out there. There isn't. There isn't. So. However, maybe with some of the big streamers that are now announcing mm. and creating games. Yes. 
like Shroud, seeing the the announcement that Shroud is partnering partnering with a gaming company to create a game is very exciting. Right? So Shroud and Sacriel are teaming with Splash Damage to create a survival shooter game, which sounds phenomenal to me because you in Shroud specifically, you have a guy who's a just phenomenal FPS player really is like a god at anything he touches. He's just very good. And with the amount of hours that he has playing games, it makes me think he will be a very good person to to work with a gaming company and say, no, this isn't how that should be. Yeah. You know, he he can guide it in development in a way that will make it maybe more enjoyable. I agree. I totally agree. Um, Shroud is a no-nonsense kind of person. I get that from him, um, from his streams. And so hopefully he, he you know, puts that into the video game that he's making. And, and Sacriel is... I, I, I know him from playing like MMO games. So what I hope together Shroud and Sacriel can make is a, is a very, very well-put-together survival shooter game with content and stuff to do in it. You know what I mean? Because with Sacriel having the MMO, the grinding, the the storylines, the side quests, all that stuff you can grind, and Shroud being the very, you know, shooter-focused streamer that he is, hopefully they can come together and just make that baby. Just just make it good. Yeah, I I think... we probably talked too much about Tarkov, right? But that's part of what keeps you you specifically coming back to Tarkov is the quest line, right? It's not I love yes, it's yeah, it's the progression that you like. And some of the some of the other people we play with, our friends, you know, they their thing is also the progression. When they get to the point where they feel like the progression dies, the game kind of dies off, which is is the reason kind of Tarkov wipes. So because it's an extraction game where you actually keep loot. If it never wiped, you'd get to a point your gear creep would would go forever, right? And we, you'd be taking the best gear in every raid, so that they wipe it every six months, basically. And doing that keeps the game fresh. And and when they wipe it, you have to start back on quests and and leveling your character again. Skills and that brings people back. Yeah. It's the grind. Which, which makes you think, what the freak is the Cycle Frontier doing? I don't... Like, yeah. how, how can you have a game that's an extraction shooter similar to Tarkov, but yet not wiping? Like, what would a new person do today trying to play that game? They're going to get they're gonna get pooped on. Well, what I think they did is they made it kind of pointless to go back to the starter island, or the starter map. But, I mean, if... People who are way further in the quest, like like I would be if I continued to play that game, I would be on that starter island just just shooting Timmy's. I would I would say that is exactly like you and I and level forties in Tarkov, going back to factory, which is the easy just, map, the just, easy map. <laughs> yeah, I did Found air quotes. Quote unquote, yeah, easy, easy map. map. Because that's what it says in game. It's probably one of the hardest maps in the game, really, because you have people who want a PvP, and it's a very small map, so the PvP is very quick. But what you end up with is sometimes when we go to PvP there, we kill very low-level players, and you know maybe it is not so enjoyable for them, a little bit more enjoyable for us. Uh, and, and that's the problem with a game like that, never wiping is I don't think people stay off the easy planet in the cycle. Probably not, no. But, I mean, what's, what's there for them to do? You know, right. I, I mean, that's, that's my point. Well, but well, you, get, you get to the point where progression is an issue. If there's nothing more for you to do, then there's, it's less fun in the game. And, and in a game like Tarkov, if there's not much to do, sometimes if you're not the best PvPer in the game, then it becomes very unfun because all you're doing is going in and dying because you don't have quests, so you're not completing that, so you don't get the dopamine rush from completing a quest. 
and then you just die on repeat. Yeah. Which is exactly why, for me, this wipe, I focused on the later part of the wipe on PvP. I want to get better. Which you have, by the way. I definitely have. I definitely have. Like, insurmountably better. Yeah, yeah. You know what it was? I was was watching a streamer that is kind of kind of mid-level right they probably average 60 to 70 people so they they answer a lot and i i it was on a day that was particularly bad i had died to a cheater and i was watching their stream i watched him die to a cheater actually it was at a time when invisible players was a thing Ugh. so i had actually i believe now that i'm thinking about it i had died to an invisible cheater and i said i, I th- i'm thinking about quitting the game like I, th- I really think i'm about done i can't I just keep dying to invisible people I can't see. And when you die in Tarkov, you lose the kit you have. So he said, to enjoy this game, you have to be okay with dying. And, it, and not just okay with dying, okay with dying in any way. So it doesn't matter if you died to a rat setting in a bush. It doesn't matter if you died to a, a better player with a better gaming chair, a.k.a. cheater. It doesn't matter if you died to an invisible player. You just have to be okay with it because it's really the only way to have fun and get better at the game because you can't get into a a place where I did for a lot of hours of playing the game where if I died, then the next raid, I'd be like, I don't want to take a good kit. I don't want to push PvP. I just want to loot and I want to leave. But but then you don't ever get better PvPing, right? Correct. <clears throat> and you know what's you know what's interesting is we're just having these realizations. And how many hours do we have in that game? Enough that I think you and I would probably both be embarrassed to actually say how many over three thousand hours. Tank, I feel called out. Over three thousand hours. I, I feel called out. By I don't. I don't care, <laughs> dude. There is no other game on the on the video game. Let's just call it a market. Okay. <clears throat> that I would spend 3,000 hours of my life trying to get better at. Like, this this game is like... This game is like heroin that n- kicks you in the nuts, and you love it. I don't, I, I don't get it. Well, I think that's probably the case with heroin users, Connor. I oh, think well, they, okay. I think it's the no, same kind of thing. No qualms with heroin, heroin users. I mean, that's up to you, but <clears throat> I'm just trying to make an assimilation between the addiction of Tarkov and, and well, definitely is. It's definitely a dopamine release, right? You and I both use gaming as a way to de-stress by playing stressful games. Yeah. I mean, it is a little interesting. (laughs) Isn't it? Decide to play counterintuitive. Yeah. Stress, but it all boils back to when times are good in those games, you're having a great time. And because I've pushed so much more PVP, late in the wipe of Tarkov, I've gotten better, and I will say things have been a lot more rewarding for me. The game has been a lot more rewarding for me. Yeah. Okay, so we've talked enough about Tarkov. Tarkov, yeah, right. we, we, we know Tarkov is a, is a good game, and we're always going to play it. The current well, state of... We talked of, about Shroud, right? We talked about Shroud, but so now who, I want to talk about Dr. Disrespect and yeah. his game. Midnight Society's game called um, <clears throat> Dead Drop. Yes, thank you. I wanted to say what the launcher was called, but that's not it. Uh, yeah. Dead Drop. So Dead Drop is an extraction shooter game. It's in like this pre-alpha kind of cartoony. I wouldn't say cartoony. It's just not polished, right? The yeah. Pre-alpha. I'm going to call it a beta. Pre-alpha beta. I don't know. Like, um pre-alpha because beta comes after alpha well i'm just an idiot okay i don't know it's it's in pre-alpha right so just do i need to sing the abcs to remind you where where they fall no i'm good and if you guys could see the look that i'm giving tank right now it's it's piercing um it's i mean it's an extraction shooter right so i I thought it was okay extraction shooters right right now i think Will will basically be the death of 
You think battle royales are gonna go battle away? Battle royales? I don't think they go away. I don't think they go away. But I think their reign as number one is not going Coming to, to an continue. End. Yeah, I think I think that they will probably fall second place. There will still be tons of people to play them. We'll probably still be talking about them for years to come. But I think the new exciting genre is extraction shooters. And I think we can really thank Tarkov for that. Uh, because whether you have anything good to say about the game or not, it is a fundamental idea that I think most of these other companies have taken and modified to their own. Some have done really well with it. Some haven't. Well, and I, I think this Dr. Disrespect game though, uh, could do something right. Really interesting. So, so right now it's on the fifth instance. Connor and I did not play any of the other instances. We're only coming to it with the fifth instance. And it's been a really pretty interesting game. It, does not work on the same level as Tarkov, where if I don't extract, I don't, the lows are not quite as, as big with the game. The highs maybe aren't either, though. But it still feels pretty good going in that game and just running around and killing things. Yeah, no. And it's trying to get out with gear. When you load into a, a match, <clears throat> it has a countdown just like, uh, I don't know, like, like Tarkov does or like PUBG does or whatever. It has a countdown and you spawn in. You could take nothing or you can take everything, the best gear that you've got. When Tank and I play, we try and collect as much gear as we can. So we go in with nothing, that zero to hero, that's what we call it. So when you go in with nothing, it's like a, a rush to go and get go and get a gun. Go get, gotta get a gun, gotta get a gun so I can shoot somebody. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, <clears throat> So when you're running around and opening boxes and, and finding backpacks and attachments but no guns, you're just like, shit, man, I got to get a gun. That's the rush, right? That's the rush that you feel trying to, to find that loot. Um, it's, that's, it's like it's stressful. It's, and probably for some people it would be too stressful. And then you find that AR or you find that pistol or that shotgun and you're like, somebody's going to die, you know? And then you start running around the map like a crazy person trying to find that player. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think when we've gone in and, and done ma matches in, in dead drop, I think it's, I think it was fun, right? I, I had fun. I just don't, I want to hold my opinions about the game until more of it comes out because it's very basic right now. There's, there's not a lot of detail to the maps, not a lot of details to the guns. I mean, there's, there's quite a few of them. Right, it's not super optimized yet. You yeah. know, I, I have a pretty high end PC. It still doesn't go crazy FPS wise. It feels fine for me. It's not choppy or any of that. It, but it's not. Well, the difference it's between not optimized yet, I think the difference between your forty ninety and my thirty sixty. I mean. I feel like our the, the the thing I'm trying to get at is it's not optimized. And while you do have a 4090 and I have a 3060, just want to reiterate again, you have a 4090. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's just not optimized, right? So I think we're both getting yeah. what like 70 frames, 80 frames. You're getting, getting more, more probably like, more like 100. I'm getting, I'm getting more around 100. And, and honestly, because the human eye can only see at 60. 100 feels fine. Do you actually think that the human eye can only see in 60 frames? Absolutely. So Absolutely. you want to know why I know that? Because if not, well, first of all, it's, it's scientifically proven. I've, I've read some articles that, that say that. And I could be wrong, right? But what I would say is if, if 60 hertz, if you set your computer to 60 hertz, if your eyes could see more hertz than that, then you would have almost like little flashes right you've played screen tearing for right <laughs> you've played a game before where at 30 frames the it's not clear right it's yeah it's not good right your eyes because they can see in 60 hertz detects that as an issue if your eyes could only see at 20 hertz and it was running at 30 you might not even notice right okay so let me ask you a question then why, when I bought this 
new monitor, this Alienware monitor, that's 244 hertz refresh rate. Yes. Why does it look Why? so different than in 60 hertz? Riddle me that, Batman. So... The, the thing with Hertz that matters, and here's why a lot of gamers want more Hertz. So the more times that your screen can update, the more likely what your eyes are seeing is, is more true, right? So the more frames that are rolling through, the more chance the frame you're looking at is current. There's some pretty good YouTube videos out there. You'll have to send will, them to me because I'm interested in, in to know. I'll show you at, a, at another time, and we can we can talk about this more on on another podcast once we've kind of dived into dive into it a little bit more. Yeah, but your eye can only see so many hertz, so you you want the the fastest hertz you can get for the gaming, so that it's updating where players are, so that you can accurately shoot them for FPS games. That's why you mm. and I want them to be fast, but but you got to think, Connor, tell me this. Riddle me this, Batman. <laughs> if your computer could only run at 60 hertz, your old monitor could only run at 60 hertz, your new monitor runs at 240, but your computer's still only running at 60, why does it look better? It's not because the hertz are, are what is making it better for you. It's probably newer technology in the screen, right? It's probably maybe better color encoding or... there's Probably higher definition. There's other technological advances that are going on in the background other than just how fast is it refreshing. Yeah. It's probably higher definition for sure. Yeah. But, but back to the Dr. Disrespect game, right? There's one thing that's really unique and interesting about it. And it's something that I know like Facebook with Meta and all their games that they're talking Which, about. Which, the precursor, I know nothing about these. So I'm going to defer to your knowledge about okay, these this, this is absolutely not a financial we're not financial analysts no we are not professionals at channel. all we just we just want to talk about it because skins and dead drop are nfts so there were ten thousand founder passes created which, which i should have bought one well, months ago i got emails so, about it so it, it sounds like at the end of it they had a whole lot of applicants for it but people were able to purchase a skin. It was basically a helmet. And, uh, you know, they're unique. They're, each one is different of the 10,000. And when you bought it, you bought it as an NFT. So because you bought it as an NFT, it has this very unique resell feature that other games don't have. And I'm going to use my experience with Valorant we're going to talk about it very briefly uh, because I've spent probably way more money in the game. A small fortune. Okay, but, but in Valorant, if you buy skins for the guns, you cannot resell that skin. You bought it, it stays on your account. You can so sell the, the account. You, so the only thing you could probably do is, like Connor just said, sell the account. However, selling the account is 100% against TOS in TOS's terms of service. So if I took that account and I sold it, I, whoever buys it from me could get potentially banned for buying it because that's against TOS. And it, it, you know, it just could create a whole nightmare, right? So kind of the precursor to NFTs for anyone who plays games and knows anything about CSGO, CSGO is on Steam, owned by a company called Valve, and what they decided to do with their skins was people had to open packs and they had to pay for, they could either buy the case, they could win the case potentially based off how they do in a game. And then you would have to buy a key to open it. And once you opened it, this item was yours and you could resell it on Steam Marketplace. So it's really kind of the precursor to NFTs. The only difference really between that and NFTs is the CSGO skins. I believe all of them, I would have to research it a little bit. There may be like one thing that is uniquely only one item, but for the most part, there's multiple of that item. And rarity is what makes them expensive. And you can resell them, but 
if you open a case and it's got a gun that there's a hundred thousand of them, resale value is low. It's very low, like maybe ten cents on on Steam. So it's kind of the precursor, but the difference is that the NFT there's only one. So each item is only one. So if you got one of these as a founder pass, like I said, there were 10,000. And so Connor and I just played this game yesterday. And when we looked, you, if you bought the founder pass, you can resell it. So basically you can sell the helmet. And yesterday they were selling for like 0.35 Ethereum, which we looked at was like 600 bucks as of yesterday. To this morning, uh, the second day of this uh, instance, so the number five instance of Dead Drop, they were up to about 1100 US dollars. So they were like 0.65 Ethereum. And I, I think it, it's, it's interesting, right? Because the people who bought it bought it very low and they can $60. Yeah, so that they can resell and potentially make a whole lot of money right now. Which brings into the question, like, me, as a skin enjoyer in games, I don't really want to go spend $1,100 on a skin, which I'm not going to have thought about it. Uh, and the reason I thought about it was because of the potential upside, right? Maybe down the road, maybe it becomes more valuable. But maybe it doesn't. So let me ask you a question. Before you go into that, <clears throat> if you, like, it, can you apply that skin to every helmet that you get in-game? So, in-game, I think I played a little bit more yesterday than you did. So, I, I've, I noticed this, and I've noticed from a couple of other streamers that I watched last night. If you own the NFT, if you were part of the founder and or bought the NFT on the resale market, every raid you go into, that's what you have. So you wear it like a skin. Mm -hmm. And then it has some other things, obviously, with the founder pass and, and things that are interesting that we really I don't want to get into for this particular topic. But it's like, maybe I understand it now. I didn't understand it before when I heard people talk about NFTs for gaming. Because to me, it's like, well, why would I want to buy something that, that could depreciate and be worth zero, right? But the more I think about it, it's like, if I like skins, if I'm buying that skin, unlike what happened to me in Valorant, where I cannot resell a skin, I can take the skin. If I don't like it anymore, I can sell it. It may even appreciate. If I buy it now, before the game is even actually live, it could double, triple, quadruple in price. It might go to zero, <laughs> is the opposite side of that, right? But... If I buy it, even if it depreciates a little bit, I could resell it. Hmm. I mean, this just opens up a whole new opportunity for the gaming community, right? Because, I mean, I mean, there's graphic design artists who are dedicated to creating skins for video game companies. So imagine if you could create a design for a weapon and submit it to a video game company... And that could be an, an NFT. Yeah, I mean, maybe they buy it. Maybe they buy it for twenty five bucks and sell it to a founder for fifty. Right, right. So everybody kind of gets more of a cut, and and then the player ultimately, if they decide to move on from the game, or they decide, hey, it's now worth more than what I paid for it. I don't want it, or I just don't like this skin anymore. Now I have a potential avenue to sell it where I never have. Right. And use that money to so, buy a different NFT. Right. It's just crazy, man. I mean, it, th these are conversations that I wouldn't have ever thought we would be talking about, right? No. It, it, it's just not something that traditionally makes sense in gaming. But now that I'm looking at it with a new perspective at, because I'm playing a game that actually has it in it, it's kind of clicking to me. It kind of makes sense. Now, do I think that it's a wise decision to go spend $1,100 on a skin? No, I don't. I, but are, I don't. Are, you, are you going to, though? No, no, <laughs> I don't think. I thought about it. I thought about it. I think if I was going to, this would be the game, just because I think that it picks up steam and it probably becomes more valuable. 
but eleven hundred bucks isn't it, right? Yeah. If I could have bought one at maybe a hundred or two hundred dollars, maybe on future releases as things come out, if it's not crazy expensive, maybe I'll look at it a little bit more. Uh, but eleven hundred bucks, if I was purchasing it, I would be purchasing it as an investment, which I don't really want my video games to be, if that makes sense. The first time I heard about the Founders Pass for Dr. Disrespect's game, it was when I went to California last year. Mm -hmm. that's, that's when I first heard about it. I signed up for all the emails and everything like that, and I was like, what, what, why does he want me to pay 60 bucks? I don't even, I don't even get a game. Like, I don't want to do this. And then now you're talking about it, and I'm... Realizing I'm like, son of a... At the the time, I wouldn't have done it either because it didn't didn't make sense to me. Because to me, it was always like, well, why would that NFT be worth money? Well, the NFT is worth money because it's a skin. And if that skin is desirable to other people, they're going to spend money on it. Yeah. I mean, you and I both know with the amount of games we've played that people love to accessorize their characters. Yeah. It's an extension of you, right? Yeah. I mean, if I could if I could get all the money back from the the Apex packs that I bought on my console or all the the V-bucks that I spent on Fortnite, I mean <laughs> That's that's like a mortgage payment. No, it's not that much, but um it's enough though that it would be nice. It, even if you could have now because you you're not using that or playing that game, right? You could use that money for something else. You could use it to buy new skins and new games. Yeah. Imagine going NFTs in and, and selling potential. It, oh man, the, the, so much potential. Imagine going in and selling like your season season two cosmetics from Fortnite to like these sweat lords that are playing now. Oh my that's gosh. My, that's exactly my point. Wow. That's exactly my point. That's NFTs in a nutshell for gaming. Never thought about it like that. That's well, crazy. I didn't either until yesterday. And it, it all of a sudden made sense to me. And I, I think for me, and I think for all of us, we should probably focus on the games that are coming out in the next few years. And maybe we try and get in on some of them very early and buy some of them if we think that they're going to do well. I, I agree. potential to do well. 100%. I mean, um, so, so people who bought Founder Passes, you know, six months ago. Already made 10 times their money. They, if they sold today, depending on the rarity of their item, they may have made $1,100. Which is 10, 11 insane. times their investment. So I, th- I think for gamers, though, we need to look at it in a different way. We need to look at it as basically as skins we can sell. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching, I mean, it was, I guess it was the same for um, Rainbow Six Siege, right? You open up packs and you try and get the cosmetics. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Yeah, I was watching a TikTok live last night of some guy trying to get um, Black Jaeger, Black Ice, or something like that. I don't know. But um, well, we've talked about Tarkov in its current state. We've talked about how many hours we put into that stupid game. Um, Shroud and Sacriel's game that they're trying to make. Doctor Doctor Disrespect's game that has come out in in an alpha and in how that's doing and how we've enjoyed it. I'm I'm optimistic about you know true gaming because as an adult who enjoys gaming, I'm always I'm always perusing through Steam and Battle.net to see what's see what's out there and <clears throat> obviously I I watch Twitch streamers so. I'm always looking through those those video game channels as to you know who's playing what, but yeah, like you said, we're gonna have to keep an eye out on the games that are coming out to uh, to make sure we're not missing out on anything. It's gonna be interesting. It is gonna be interesting, and uh, you know I think as most gamers, you know we always will keep an eye on what's coming just because you're always looking for the next better game to play. Well. I'm always looking for another podcast to listen to, and I think this is going to be a great podcast. So we're going to try and get an episode up every week. We're going to find times on our busy schedule, right, Tank? That's right. Okay. So 
as which means we'll probably have to lose an hour of gaming here and there, which we'll deal with. Darn it, an hour of depression. Um, I don't know. The greatest thing ever. Or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I d <laughs> that's an inside joke people you guys don't know about that yet um, you may never know about it but we d I don't know what day episodes are going to go up but I know that they're going to be up weekly yeah I think we're going to kind of play some of it by ear and figure it out and yeah. you know, we, we have some plans obviously it is kind of a gaming podcast we play a lot of video games it's something that we can talk about probably and all day people would be completely bored of yeah uh, but it, it gives us uh, something we can talk about we're going to talk about other things too. It's i mean just going to be games tank and i were married with children not wait 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 tank and i aren't married we are married to our wives let me rephrase that tank and i have Thanks wives yeah no i just wanted to make sure tank and i have wives we both have children uh so you know this this podcast is more or less about tank and i's journey through video games and and how we circumvent life and how we rely on video games <clears throat> to do that um we're just talking about it we're just getting it out there and i'm sure people have the same experiences as us and that you know we just want them to know that they're not alone they have two Gaming friends with dad bods that, that know what they're going through. So, yep. Yep. I agree. So, just to kind of bring the show together and close it up, we, we appreciate anybody who took the time to listen all the way through. Um, we know some of it might be rough. Um, just bear with us. It's the first one. We, we look forward, though, to being able to come back week after week and talk about different things. And uh, it's something that's exciting for us. Just to have a little something new to do from time to time. Absolutely. I appreciate you all for sticking it through and listening to the end. All right, guys. Well, that's the end of uh, the first episode of Gaming with Dad Bods. Thank you, everyone. See you next week. Stay positive.